Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. And today, we're going to talk about something that, to some people, it's like, really? And other people, yeah, it's true. And we're going to kind of explore, is there life after death, and how do we know with somebody who actually had an incredible experience with his dad who passed on. And I'm talking about Mike Anthony, who's a professional actor as well as an author. And his first book, Life at Hamilton, chronicles the extraordinary time that he spent as a theater bartender with an up-close perspective of Hamilton, an American musical, as it rocketed into Broadway history. Beyond his life in theater, Mike's journey took an unexpected turn when his dad passed, leading Mike down a remarkable path of discovery of life after death, which he chronicles in his newest book, Love, Dad, How My Father Died, and Told Me He Didn't. Mike now spends time exploring evidence suggestive of the survival of consciousness beyond the demise of the physical body, and a part of Mike's story is also told in the Netflix documentary series, Surviving Death. Mike uses his acting abilities often during the Christmas season and more at the theater at Monmouth in Maine, and he's working on several projects, which I hope he'll share with us a little bit, including his next book and the documentary. Welcome, Mike Anthony. How are you? I'm doing well, Joanne. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So I find this fascinating. You and I were talking a little bit before. Share with our listeners a little bit about how this all came about. Yeah. Um, I So before I became an actor and, and bartender and did all of that other stuff, uh, I had actually initially intended to be a high school science teacher. So I, I went to undergrad for science initially, and uh, science has always been something I've loved. And the question of life after death, uh, at least for science, is is answered, uh, and, and that answer is is there is no life after death, right? According to the the mainstream uh, materialist scientific paradigm, when the brain stops getting oxygen, the heart stops pumping, um, you know that's the end of the story. What we think of as consciousness is an illusion, according to science, created by the brain. And when the brain stops functioning, that's the end of the you know quote unquote illusion. So. Um, that was sort of my my background, where I was coming from. Um, now, a, a, even though science says that, I had always felt like science was probably wrong about that. Um, that that there are places science can't reach, uh, and and that our scientific instruments aren't sensitive enough sensitive enough to measure. Um, and and that vague sense 
that science was wrong and that we probably do go on in some way after we pass, um, that vague sense was fine for most of my life. You know, I was perfectly happy to uh, have this vague feeling that there's more to the story. But when my dad suddenly um, passed in 2011, um, that vague uh, hope that there was something more after death was no longer enough to sustain my uh, sort of uh, happy-go-lucky stance. And uh, I suddenly found myself... um, in a, in a, what I would call an existential crisis, really. Uh, my dad and I were incredibly close. My, my whole family is very close. And he was such an amazing guy. My dad was just not your average human being. Um, he was just the essence of kindness and, and love. Um, and all he did, all he did was live for other people. Um, so just a special guy. And if someone like that could suddenly disappear uh, as, as science says he did, um, I was having trouble um, getting out of bed. You know, what's the point of anything at all? If someone like that, all of that love and joy and all of his ideas and hopes and dreams could disappear like he'd never been here before, what's the point of anything? Um, and that's the place I was in psychologically when, out of nowhere, this idea of mediumship, uh, people who claim the ability to... Uh, talk to to people who are deceased uh, sort of came careening into our lives. Now, how did that happen? Did somebody contact you? Did you contact a medium? What was the, what was the source of that? No, we were contacted. So it's it was atypical of the um, of the experience that usually surrounds mediumship, right? Where a family will reach out and contact the medium. So I'll also just say that. Mediumship was something I was familiar with from the show Crossing Over with John Edward. It was popular when I was in high school. But I had assumed there couldn't be much to it, right? Uh, I, I thought, surely, if there was any, anything really going on there, uh, one of my science professors would have taught us about it, right? They would, right after teaching us about cell division, they would have said, oh, also, you know, P.S., it, it, there's evidence that some human brains are able to uh, talk to dead people. And since no science teacher had, had taught us that, I assumed there couldn't be a whole lot to it because watching someone like John Edward or the Long Island Medium do what they're doing, it seemed to me that science should be able to pretty easily devise an experiment to test whether or not this person is actually doing something we can't understand. And I just assumed that no scientist had ever uh, done that because uh, no medium was actually doing anything that uh, was out of the ordinary. So, so that was the background sense I had of mediumship when, out of the blue, uh, just a day or so after uh, my dad's funeral, we, just, we had just buried him a day or so before, when a phone call came into my house uh, from my second cousin's husband, a guy that I couldn't even picture when he called, and my mom told me his name. I, I couldn't even remember who this person was. He'd never called our house before. So we're talking a very distant, uh, quote-unquote, relative. And as it turned out, he uh, had a friend who is a medium, and she claimed that this stranger, this guy named Robert, was suddenly uh, tapping her on the shoulder desperate to get a message to his family 
that he was okay. He had just died. Family was in absolute misery, and he needed to get a message to them that he was okay. His name is Robert, and his family is somehow uh, involved in a fish restaurant. And she said to my, my second cousin's husband, uh, and I think, Chris, this is somehow connected to your family. And Chris said, wait, Robert, fish, fish restaurant. And, and he suddenly put it together. And my dad, Robert, which is my dad's name, had just died. And my sister owns a fish restaurant. So wow. he made this very, yeah, he made this very uncomfortable call because Chris and I have talked about this a lot in the years following. The poor guy, you know, he had no idea what the reception to this phone call was going to be. You know, he knows my family is in deep grief and he has to call them. You know, he doesn't know what our beliefs are about life after death or mediumship or any of that stuff. But according to his friend who was this medium, this guy, Robert, was so insistent um, that she really insisted that he make the call and let us know. So he did. And that was where um, our journey with mediumship began. So what was your family's reaction when he made that call? Because you were still in grief, still, like you said, the funeral had just was a day or so before. What what was the response not only from you but from other members of the family, Mike? Well, it was, so my mom is the one who took the call. Now, my mom is a nurse, and she has also had a lifelong love with science and and she, uh, her love of science uh, is what introduced me to science at a young age. Um, so she has that um, scientific mind as well, but, but she's very open-minded. And when this call came in, um, you know, and my mom is also a very lovely woman, a very friendly person. So she, of course, listened to everything Chris had to say. And, you know, we were in such despair that, we wanted with all of our hearts, of course, to believe uh, that what Chris was saying was true, you know, and, and, and we absolutely had no reason to believe that he would be lying to us. Uh, people ask me all the time, oh, yeah, well, how much money did you end up giving this woman? You know, there was no money ever discussed, ever given, ever asked for. It was never even a question. Um, mediumship was not something that this woman was doing professionally at that time. It was just sort of... Um, Hello? Mike, are you there? Mike? So I don't know where Mike is and why we can't hear him, but the story is incredibly fascinating, and his book, Love, Dad, how my father died then told me he didn't is really powerful and really kind of chronicles the journey and also his research into life after death. And hopefully we'll get a hold of Mike again. So not sure what's going on here. So many of you are skeptical and don't know about life after death and wonder, well, is it really true? Did it really happen? What's going on with it? And it's amazing when people are suffering. Hello? Hi. I don't know what so, happened. You're back? I'm back. I'm so sorry. I lost. No worries. Time. But here we are. That's good. 
Okay, so yes. <laughs> I was just telling telling our listeners that that many people are so skeptical, and yet, like you were talking about, when you're in grief and 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 you feel so connected to the person who just passed on, getting a message like that can all also be so consoling in in so many ways. So finish your story. Go ahead. Yes, yes. So I ended up speaking with this woman for a long time. I came away from the conversation believing that she was a good person who, at the very least, completely believed what she was saying was true. And she also said a couple of things during that conversation. Uh, You know, she said, your dad is talking about this or that. And I couldn't understand how she could have gotten that information. Some of it was, you know, private stuff, it not posted, published anywhere on on the internet or Facebook or anything. Uh, so it was interesting. And we hung up the phone, and then I I talked to my sister, and I said, I just talked to this woman, and uh, you know, she seems like a really nice lady. Um, maybe what she's saying is true. Let's hope that it is. The following day, my sister was driving to work, and coincidentally, she had the radio on, and there was a segment on the radio with a woman who was calling herself a professional evidential medium. And people were calling into the radio station and she was giving readings to these people. And my sister thought the timing of that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. You know, we had just had this conversation with this other person who called herself a medium, albeit not a professional one. And now the next day, my sister just happens to turn on the radio on the way to work to hear this professional medium located in my in our home state of Connecticut uh, giving readings. So given the timing of it, the, the interesting coincidence of the timing, uh, my sister Jen called that woman and made an appointment uh, to have a private reading with her. And that was my first chance to sort of casually test the idea of mediumship. Uh, and, and the way I did that was by coming up with a code word. I basically spoke to my dad and I said, you know, dad, okay, this woman is coming over to mom's house later today. I need you to deliver me a very specific message or I'm not going to be able to believe there's anything really to this. Um, so I was standing in my father's house completely alone. Uh, my dad lives in a, an isolated back lot in the woods in Connecticut. And uh, as I was standing there, I was suddenly flooded with the memory of when I was a little kid Uh, my sister and I would beg my dad to play with our hair at night to help us fall asleep. And the poor guy, you know, we never let him stop, you know, five more minutes, dad and the poor until his hand was cramping would play with our, our hair. And I hadn't thought of that for years. And for whatever reason, that memory came to me and I said, okay, that's, that's it, dad. If this woman's the real deal, I need her to mention my hair. You have to get her to mention my hair. If she doesn't do that, I don't care how accurate she is on other stuff. I, I'm not going to believe it. So uh, an hour or so later, she came to the house, and we were sitting in my mom's living room. There were seven of us there, and the reading lasted for, for over an hour. But within the first 10 minutes, uh, most of the people in the room were crying because she was coming up with information that we could not fathom how she got. Now, now before she got there, I'll also say that I, I scrubbed the house of any identifying information, you know, like I took down pictures or anything that she could easily get clues from. Um, and, and I was paying very close attention to everything this woman was doing from the moment she walked in, you know, like, is she going to ask to use the bathroom, you know, and maybe then look through the medicine cabinet while she's in there. Uh, you know, I, I was really scrutinizing every, every movement she made. Um, but she seemed just like this woman uh, that, had, that I'd spoken with uh, 
you know, a week before, this woman also seemed kind and compassionate and smart and uh, seemed, you know, on the level. Uh, so she's giving us this information that's not published anywhere again on the Internet. It's not in an obituary. Some of it is highly personal, incredibly private. And, and uh, my mind, the skeptical part of my mind is reeling at that point. And I'm thinking, you know, how is she doing this? How is she doing this trick? Because, again, according to science, this has to be a trick. She has to be fooling us somehow. How is she doing it? Um, and the information was so amazing. By the end of it, I also was weeping. I was, I was weeping. And I completely forgot about my little uh, code word experiment because everything she was saying was so remarkable uh, that, that my mind was already uh, dealing with a whole bunch of information that it couldn't make sense of. So if you are a con person, you know, you, you know when you're ahead. You know when to quit. You, you look out at these seven, you know, sobbing fools. You know that they're all going to go and tell everyone in their lives how amazing this night was, and you're going to get a ton of work out of this, right? You know, that's the time that you walk out the door. Job done. But instead of that, um, as we were wrapping up, so the reading is, is basically over, and at this point we're making small talk, you know. We're telling her how incredible it was, how, how life-changing this is going to be. Um, and, and she was in the middle of a sentence talking to someone else in the living room. And apropos of nothing, she stopped in the middle of her sentence and then looked directly at me. Again, there were seven of us. She looked only at me, and she said, your dad wants to talk about your hair uh, it's just exactly like that. And, in the, and it totally knocked the wind out of me. You know, I, I was gasping for breath for a second. And my mom and my sister are saying, what, what? Because, again, this was entirely between my dead father and me. I had told nobody else, not even my mom and sister. So that was the moment that really, uh, that really kicked off my journey and uh, made me think um, maybe, just maybe, there really is something to this. Well, that's fascinating, and I'm going to tell you a quick story. I went to a medium. She didn't come to my house or whatever, and this was, the, this was after my grandmother had passed. And she said, your grandmother wants you to have a ring that your mother has, and she's really insistent that you have this ring. So, okay, so I kept bothering my mother. Mom, Grandma wants me to end, and I told her some other things that my mom said, well, it did sound like like my mom, like your grandmom, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I have two rings, and I'm not sure that you, and I was insistent. So she finally broke down. I'm wearing the ring now, and the security box where some of her other jewelry was in was was broken into and stolen. So if this ring wasn't salvaged, the ring would have been gone too. That's fascinating. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, very fascinating. And, and you know, there are, I've heard so many stories like that now. And now, um, you know, I, I've had – that was just the beginning of the journey that I went on because – after that night happened, you know, my, I couldn't let it go. I just could not let it go. Uh, the, 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 again, the skeptical part of my brain um, needed more information. And so about a year after that, I called that woman back. And I said, you know, I, I just, I have to know 
that you are truly doing what you're saying you're doing. Um, I would like, and then I proposed to her that we make a documentary. I told her I'd like uh, her to allow me to sit her down in front of a camera, hit record, and then walk complete strangers of my choice into the room. This could be anyone in the world. And I would like to see if she can get that sort of information, the sort of information she got from my family, uh, when I know there's no way she could be doing any uh, research beforehand. And to my surprise, she immediately said yes to this. And she signed a release, by the way, as well, uh, giving me ownership of the footage before we even began, which, which to me, that has always stuck out. Um, she had such faith in her own ability that she signed a release form giving me ownership of that footage before we even uh, sh shot a single day of footage. So over the past now decade, basically, I have filmed her doing readings with over 20 people. Every single one of those readings, every single one of those 20 people, and they have ranged, um, by the way, uh, in, in level of belief uh, and skepticism over the whole course of the spectrum. So the, the person who was the most skeptical was extremely skeptical of mediumship when she walked into the reading. And then on the other end, we also had people who had been to mediums before, and they were totally convinced already that mediumship was real. Most of the people fell somewhere in the middle. They were open-minded but had never had an experience with a medium before and, and didn't know what to make of it. So that was the spectrum of uh, sitters that we had. By the end of it, even the most skeptical of those people, this woman named Anne, even she had such a profound experience that she came away believing something genuine was happening that she could not explain. Uh, and she left believing she had actually heard from her deceased husband in some way. So and all 20 of those people, because I surveyed them obviously afterwards, all 20 of them uh, believe that this woman, her name is Angelina, <clears throat> was doing something genuine. And time and again, I was listening to Angelina come up with information like names, birthdays, things of that nature, things she could not possibly know. Uh, when I know there's no way she could have Googled anybody. Often, I didn't even tell anyone else on set who was walking in that day. Usually, I was the only person on set who knew who the sitter was going to be that walked in that door. And by the time they did walk in that door, Angelina was already sitting down in front of the camera with the cameras rolling. So she had no time uh, to do any sort of cheating. <clears throat> and then the experiment evolved beyond that. I started to think, well, maybe she's getting visual cues somehow. You know, brains are amazing things. And we know there are brains on this planet that, that behave in ways that science can't understand. Uh, you know, there are people who can remember every single moment of every single day. I forget what the name of that um, uh, disorder is, but, but um, the brain uh, has abilities, sometimes shows abilities that, that we just don't understand. And I, I thought maybe she, her brain is one of those brains. Maybe she picks up on visual cues in a way that we can't understand, and she gets more information from those visual cues than the average brain does. So I put up a barrier between her and the sitter. So now she was never even seeing who the person was. When the person was brought on to set, they were brought on behind the barrier. So she never knew if she was, uh, who, who she never got, had, a, had a view of who the sitter would be. And, and then in a further iteration, I, I decided to have the sitter not speak either. 
So we set up a little box uh, where the person would hit yes, no, a, a button that said yes, no, or maybe, and it would light up uh, the corresponding yes, no, or maybe uh, light on, on the medium side of the barricade. So by the end, she can't hear the person and she can't see the person. She doesn't know if she's doing a reading for a man, a woman, a person who's 18, a person who's 80. She has no idea if the person is American or uh, from uh, Zimbabwe or, or Paris. You know, she, they could be anyone in the world. She has no idea who she's doing this reading for. And even in those cases, she's getting the same type of information uh, that completely changed my life. And so I was left uh, at the end of those, that series of readings believing there was definitely uh, something going on uh, that I, at least I could not explain. So I think it's fascinating. And my question is, what happened to that, that documentary series? Is it out there? Is it part of something else with the Netflix? Or, or is it something that you're still going to put out there or not? So while we were filming it, one of the people involved in it is, is a woman named Leslie Kane, who's a fantastic uh, journalist. She's an investigative journalist and a writer for the New York Times. Uh, right now, she's all over the news because uh, she was the woman who broke the Pentagon UFO story in, in the New York Times right. in 2017. And, and uh, <clears throat> so right now, she's, uh, she's all over the news. But she also wrote a book about uh, her investigations into life after death, the evidence for life after death, called Surviving Death. And while we were making my documentary, which Leslie is in, Netflix decided to do a six-part documentary series based on her book. So um, she then brought me to Netflix, uh, brought my story to Netflix, and, and so they decided to include parts of my story in, in their series, uh, which is available now on Netflix called Surviving Death. So we paused production on my documentary because um, Netflix basically took all of my footage. Um, so I needed to wait to see what, what they were going to use or not use. Luckily, we ended up shooting almost all new stuff with Netflix. So my, my footage is still my own. And um, the hope is that as the world is returning uh, you know, to normal again, hopefully, in the very near future, uh, that we'll pick that up again. Wonderful, because I'd love to see it. So just FYI, and you probably know this, many people who do get messages and guidance or whatever, there, there are many ways to get it. You can get it visually. You can hear it. You can just sense it. You can feel it. You can know it. And... It's really important because sometimes, like, like, like when I work with a client, I'll say, how are you doing? Uh, oh, I'm doing fantastically. And I pick up, no, you're not. Now, that's not necessarily from the other side, but it's an intuitive read because I'm, getting, I'm picking up some other information and some other feeling. So I think it's so fascinating. And where do you go from here with all of this? Uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, it ended up, I ended up having an experience uh, that I write about, of course, in the book. I hesitated to put it in the book, actually, because um, it's, it's so far beyond what the average American, anyway, uh, is going to think of as, as possible, um, that I worried they would get to the end of the book, re read that section, and think, oh, well, this guy's just nuts. You know, I just wasted my time. 
because the book is written in a, in a pretty sober way. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I'm, I present it in a pretty clear headed, even skeptical way. <clears throat> but um, by the end, I was introduced to something called physical mediumship, right? Which is, um, so we can divide mediumship into two categories, mental mediumship, uh, which is what most of us are familiar with. That's what John Edward and the Long Island Medium and Angelina, the woman that I worked with, uh, that's what they do. They call it mental mediumship, mental mediumship, where they, they're in a, you know, a conscious state, um, and they, as you said, they get uh, uh, information in various ways, they either clairvoyantly, clairaudiently, you know, they hear, they see, they feel, uh, but they're conscious, and then they interpret these uh, this information they're getting, and they deliver the messages that they think they're getting to the sitter. Uh, in physical mediumship, uh, the medium goes into what they say is a trance. And it's right. so deep of a trance, in fact, that they claim once they're out, they're out. They don't remember anything that happens, they say, during the, uh, during the, the, uh, the, the sitting, during the trance, the time that they say they're in trance. And while they're in that trance, the spiritual world, they say, uh, can use the medium's body to uh, basically speak for themselves. So they take over the medium's vocal cords and they can speak through the medium's vocal cords. And in the most rare, uh, most rare form of this uh, mediumship, uh, they can produce a substance out of the medium's body that's called ectoplasm, which was a, a word that I was sure had been invented by Harold Ramis and Ghostbusters. Uh, but, but I was wrong about that. It, uh, they can use this substance, they say, to then physically manifest here in our world uh, or, or make physical things happen in the world. So that sounds, I know, way far out. Uh, and had I not had the experience that I had uh, for myself, while I was sitting beside Leslie, by the way, and she has written about this herself, uh, if I had not had this experience myself, it, it, it would have been nearly impossible for me to believe. But uh, I did have the experience. I've now had it many times, and uh, and it's real. Um, and, of course, again, I, I ended what that, up putting... what that was, manifestation was of that, of that physical manifestation? Uh, basically, I saw something happen. I, I saw uh, something manifest in the room. Uh, a physical manifestation uh, of a spirit hand, basically. Uh, that sound. I know. Again, I know how crazy this is going to sound to a lot of people. Uh, but this right. happened five inches from my face. Uh, this hand is completely solid. It, 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 for all intents and purposes, it's a normal human hand, uh, which I watched Leslie shake. She could feel the bones in the hand, the warmth of it, the softness of it. Uh, she let go of the hand, and then again. And, and when I say five inches from my face, I mean that. Literally, I, I was I was literally that close to this happening. Uh, when she let go of the hand, it it disappeared. It it uh, it dissolved back into this um, amorphous substance. This uh, it's very difficult to describe the the nature of this substance, but uh, um, I, I, it dissolved back into this stuff, this ectoplasm, and then it disappeared. Uh, and then I, I was able to have a conversation uh, with my dad while his face was in front of me. Uh, and I, I won't explain that any further because, again, it, it's better if you sort of build up to it. <laughs> It'll sound less crazy if so you are build, build up to it. So can you just share a message 
can you just share, Mike, a message that your dad yes. gave you personally during that that face to face? Yeah, uh, the 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 thing that he said uh, <clears throat> immediately was, "I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive," uh, and he said this with incredible. Uh, uh, joy and surprise. He was surprised himself that he could be communicating in this way. And then he offered some details. Uh, he said one thing in particular that, again, I won't get into exactly because uh, it, 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 it's you know it, it's part of the story that you'll that you'll read. But uh, he gave us basically evidence. Uh, he said something that uh, the medium could not have known. No one in the room no, knew. Uh, no one outside of my immediate family knew. Uh, this particular thing uh, about a part of my dad's death, the way that he died. Uh, my dad referenced that. Uh, out, and by the time he's saying this, again, um, I'm seeing my dad's actual physical face again formed somehow out of this substance um, in midair. Uh, floating a bit, a bit in front of the medium space. Uh, it's, again, very difficult to, to describe, but um, I, I do my best in the book. And after having that experience, though, uh, I, I am now left with zero doubt, zero, that the scientists, uh, all of my professors, every professor I've ever had, you know, it doesn't matter how many Nobel Prizes might be sitting on a scientist's shelf. If they tell you that there is no such thing as anything paranormal, they are definitely wrong about that. I, I can tell you they are definitely wrong at least about that. Now, I, I can't say for certain, of course, like, is there any other explanation? Could this just be a human ability that we don't understand yet? Maybe humans have this substance and somehow the brain can use it to form hands floating in midair and faces floating in midair. And yeah, yeah maybe the human brain does something. Maybe it is able to do something like that. Who knows? All I can say with certainty is that the universe does not work the way the smartest people on the planet currently tell us it works. You know, and I know that to be true. I've actually had many experiences with people who've been visited by, by somebody from the other side. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. I work with a, a mother who said that her young daughter, was that, that because she was able to see dead people, that they were coming in and they were really frightening her daughter. And so, and I said to the mom, you need to tell them that they need to leave your daughter alone. And the mother also had some, some incredible gifts. And I said, if you want to talk to them, you can let them know. But in no uncertain terms, you need to tell them they need to leave your child alone. So she did that, and then she brought her little daughter in, who was probably like seven. And she said, tell Joanne where they went. And the little girl said that, that they, they, those people, that's what she called them, they went away on a, a long vacation, that's how she saw it, and they're never, ever coming back. But, Mike, she kept one little girl that she played with from the other side. Assassinated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, I, I hear, especially since the release of the Netflix series, I get messages from people uh, with all of these fascinating stories. And, you know, so again, it's not just mediumship. Um, what is mo- of, of greatest interest to me are the places where the evidence for survival of some kind overlaps. Um, so there are all of these different areas, right? We have these little children uh, who have memories of previous lives, for instance. Uh, 
and the the evidence for that is astounding. I encourage everyone, um, you know, obviously you don't have to take my word for these things. Uh, there are people out there much smarter than me, your, your local bartender, uh, who have looked into this stuff. Uh, the, the University of Virginia, uh, the Division of Perceptual Studies, headed up now by a guy named Dr. Jim Tucker, a brilliant guy. Uh, the, the research done there is incredible, fascinating, so, um, so interesting, in fact, that the Journal of the American Medical Association, the book editor for JAMA, which is one of the most uh, respected scientific journals in the whole world, uh, when he finally took an actual look at the research being done at UVA, his conclusion was that reincarnation was the most likely explanation. That's JAMA. So, um, you know, you I, and I've, I actually have, I do past life regression only because initially I was having dreams that were so vivid, and I do a lot of dream work, they were like nothing I had ever experienced mm. before, and I had to delve into it, and I'm, I'm going to do this really quickly. So I studied it, and years after, I had someone that came for a past life regression, and I had some very strange feelings that he was under hypnosis and whatever, and I said, so who was your wife in that lifetime? And I knew, but he said you were. And oh, and I've had oh, work with people who, who knew certain things that there was no way from a past, somebody who was on the Titanic, no way that he could know some of the things that he knew at a very young age. So it, it's incredibly mm. fascinating, and it opens up so much, and you are doing such a beautiful job with this, and I love it. So tell us more. What's next for Mike Anthony? Uh, at the moment, uh, currently, I'm working on an audiobook version of my first book, actually, uh, Life at Hamilton, which is about my, my experiences bartending at the Broadway show. Um, and, and then Broadway's opening back up uh, for us in September, so I'll be heading back to that. Uh, and then the, the next thing, we hope, again, knock on wood, we'll be picking up um, our documentary again, which uh, will go hopefully deeper than the Netflix series, series does into, um, into some of this stuff. Uh, and if people are interested, on, on the website, which is MikeAnthony.com, uh, we have some videos posted where you can see uh, some clips of the things that we've been doing. You know, you can see the experimental setup that we had with Angelina. I have a past life regression actually also on the website that you can uh, that you can watch a video of. I had a friend of mine, uh, you know, once I learned about this whole world of, of the, the, the possibility of past lives, I had a friend who knew nothing about this stuff. Uh, and that's that's sort of why I chose her. I wanted someone who had no preconceived ideas uh, to, to go through a past life regression. Uh, and you can watch the video. Um, it totally changed her life. It totally changed her life. She now walks around. Uh, she personally has no doubt now that she has lived at least two previous lives. Uh, and what she learned in those regressions really affected her positively in this life. Uh, she really what happens with past things. life regression is sometimes we need to heal some stuff from the past, and sometimes some of mm. our behavior is indicative of something that happened in another lifetime, in a past <laughs> lifetime, and by going through that, we can kind of heal that, we can get a, a level of awareness that we may may not have had before. So it, it's, it's truly fascinating. So I could talk to you for hours, Mike Anthony, because this is fascinating <laughs> to me. Let us know, let me know when, you're, when that, docu that documentary is out. We'll have you on again. And tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, how they can get a hold of your books, how, how they 
Love Dag, Have My Father Died, then told me he didn't, and, and the first book about Hamilton and, and so much more because you are amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, the books are, are both available on, on Amazon.com, and so that's Life at Hamilton and uh, Love Dad, How My Father Died Then Told Me He Didn't. And the website, again, is MikeAnthony.com, and you can email me through the website. And I love, I, I absolutely love getting uh, stories from people, especially right now I'm uh, incredibly interested in people who've had near-death experiences. Uh, so and anyone who wants to email me with any uh, any of their stories, I, I love reading those. So that's all available at MikeAnthony.com. Wonderful. So what would you like to leave our listeners with before we close? I mean, I, I think, I hope the main thing that, that people are left with after reading the book and, and hearing about my experience and the whole reason I wrote the book uh, is, is that I, I'm hoping people leave with some comfort and some hope. Um, to me, after all of these experiences, it is clear that life is an extraordinary thing um, that on a day-to-day basis we only perceive a very, very small part of it, uh, and often we perceive the messy parts of it, right? Uh, I think we tend to focus a lot on the parts that are not great, you know, just watching the news. Uh, you know, it can be easy um, to, to, to think that most of the world is, is not great. Um, I don't think that that's true. I, I think that's um, just the part that, that we tend to, to focus on, uh, but there are other things out there, other aspects of, of the universe um, that are full of joy and love and, and hope, um, and they are out there if you if you look in the right places. Um, so um, that that's what I hope people are left with, just a sense of, of comfort, of hope, uh, of knowledge that we we are much more than we often think that we are, and that um, in my sense of things, love. Uh, is the animating force of the universe Um, and uh, that once we're not confined to our human brains, which are amazing things, uh, but they can also be kind of, kind of limiting. uh, The universe uh, is an amazing, loving, uh, joyful place. And that's beautiful. And I totally agree with that. And I think love is the most profound experience, even beyond this earth plane because the capacity of love goes so much far beyond that, even beyond the physical realm and death. Mike Anthony, you are a blessing. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to hearing more and seeing more and believing more about what you're doing. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Joanne. I really appreciate you having me. My pleasure. So think about what Mike Anthony said, because it is something that can give us hope and can actually take us beyond the physical realm. And there is, as he said, and I believe totally, so much more beyond this physicality. And you have the ability. Oftentimes there are people that Mike talked about who have near-death experiences and get messages and see things and then come back into the physical form to be able to transmit that to us, and that's so important. And if you have a message from a loved one, sometimes people get messages from their loved ones in dreams, take it because it's important. And often those messages, as Mike said, are here to give us hope, to console us, 
to give us a sense of love and oftentimes I know I've worked with people when sometimes somebody comes in from the other side to to ask for forgiveness from a child from a from a parent from whatever and, and oftentimes it's about reconciliation so have a beautiful day know that you have so much within you that needs to be brought out and power your life each and every day, even if it's just taking little steps in a beautiful direction. Thanks so much for joining us. If you want to get a hold of me, I'll give you the short version. Go to docwhite.org and have a beautiful, wonderful, safe day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the Upbeat Show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.